Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Good afternoon to you. Today, great day. Um, I made it here alive, and I got a killer team. Uh, Mike Pond, I guess, is producing the show uh, for the last at least minute. And um, we're now ready to go, right, Mike? Mike gives me double thumbs up. Doesn't know how to use the mic anymore. Um, today we've got one of the greatest uh, topics. I see it a ton, but I love this topic because it's not it's kind it's not about what we're talking about per se. It's it's hard to name. It's it's an issue that um, everybody will be able to relate to, I believe, and um, it's it's kind of about Asperger's syndrome, right? Yeah, but not really. No, I mean it's not not to say that if you if you don't have Asperger's, this show still applies to yeah. you, and that's because the problems that people who have Asperger's face are usually in maybe in a smaller scale problems we all face. We all face. just exaggerated. They're just exaggerated, yeah. exactly. But so what this we've got a great author gonna, that's going to be joining us, David Finch. Uh, who's written a book we're going to be talking a lot about where he was diagnosed with Asperger's and then he had to go figure out how to love his wife the way she'd want to be loved, but not through his own lens because he wouldn't naturally love her the way she'd want to. So he picked up a lot of clues along the way. Yeah. He called them Best Practices. That's his book, The Journal of Best Practices. And he's accumulated all of these just little things that make a big difference in people's lives. We're going to share that. So you know, as part of this, be thinking, um, what are the little things in your life? What are the little things that you know matter that go a long way? Because, you know, uh, it seems like life is really maybe filled up with more little things than big things. And then we try to make big things into from our little things. We, like, exaggerate and we make them more extreme. We throw them at each other. We beat each other up. But on the show today, you're going to get a bunch of little ideas about how to reach and connect to people and maybe in a weird way, uh, I always call it through the back door, through the side door. We're going to approach this. So instead of just giving you tools, we're going to show you through the mind of someone with Asperger's what's missing, what maybe what maybe could get better. That's the topic today. And we're also going to um, share, by the way, a little bit later today, Dr. Paul Jenkins is going to be joining us. Jessica's put together another game that we can hardly wait to play. Yesterday we played a game from Jess. And um, it was it was a fascinating game. We had eight minutes to play it. I think uh, it took uh, eight and a half minutes to to finish it. And you, most of you probably didn't hear the ending because you had all probably left. Oh no! Nope. I've got emails saying that was the best block I've ever heard. Oh, was that your mom? Yeah. Well, and grandma. Oh, mom and, and grandma. My dad. <laughs> so they loved it. So today they're going to love it because we have a new game today called Match, the Match Game. Yeah, and this one's way fun. Does this, this is invite? Good. I mean, is this about like some ignition? I'm not gonna lie. Yesterday I was a little bit worried about my job, my future job. I was a little bit distracted. Yeah. Today. Today you're. There. I'm like not going to get gonged. Yeah. No, we have a new feature too. <laughs> did we find? Did we find a gong, James? We'll have a gong by the time the game comes around. James is looking We're for a gong. We're not going to need it. Gongs are hard to find. But so mm. if you all remember back in the day, there used to be a show called The Gong Show. 
And um, somebody would come on, they do an act, and when they're doing the act, if you liked the act, you would just you would just let them keep doing their act. If you didn't like the act, some of the um, participants on the show would get a big like mallet and hit a gong. So while you were while you were doing your show, your uh, game yesterday, Jess, and it was kind of the crickets were playing. Do you remember? I vaguely. It was fun. James somehow <laughs> conjured up some crickets. Um, I, I decided if I had a gong, I would have gonged the game. While you were falling asleep during my block, yeah. you were visualizing gongs. Is and it, I mean, because you have a really special job, Jess, because your job is to it's it's the last segment. We call it the Z block. Yeah. You're supposed to. It's like you bring in the Z. I, yeah, I kind not of the Z's. I misunderstood that because mm-hmm. I was thinking Z's. Yeah, you're thinking put us to sleep. No. <laughs> so now not we have today. this new tool. Today's going to be legit <laughs> off the chain. And and we may gong you. No, you won't. You might gong yourselves. That's all I have to say. <laughs> that's how good this game is. Okay, that's good. I can hardly wait. So, I mean, just so those that know, we'll, I'll remind everybody that there's a chance that someone could get gonged on the show. Right. If the and segment, not just me. If anyone is If the segment's not going well. And who's the judge <laughs> of the gong will be James. I am the master of the gong. And really, I prob- it, it probably would have interrupted our previous programming, but I probably would have gonged Mike because uh, yeah. he didn't show up until like 30 Mike? seconds before I the show. I would I have gonged, gonged it. I, I was him. busy producing. Mm-hmm. Yep. When sure. Merritt produces, she's here like 10 minutes, 20 minutes early. Hey, I, I hope you realize today's hockey practice day. I show up like 10 minutes before the show every Thursday. This mm. isn't a new thing. Mm. Do you have a gong yet? Not quite. I'm okay. kind of regretting Just it, though. Just let me know when you get the gong, because I would have gonged him right there. Yeah, me too. But the thing about this is I don't get to gong. I am gongless. You're the only one, James, that can gong someone. Got it? And yeah. uh, you can't gong the host. No. Whoa, no, okay. I don't like what? that rule. Yeah, that's totally unfair. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're, we're fixing the bugs of yeah. the gong. Let's just right. say that to we'll the We'll just audience. do all that off air, but I'll, James, I'll, have some, I'll just have a conversation with you off air. Okay. But let's oh, just say, no. look at me when I say this. Careful. <laughs> Be very careful. I have my javelin in my back in my office. Oh, great. Now, send I'm, me a text. now I'm getting live threats because no. I have a gong sound no, effect. That's all right. No, you can use it on mic. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Jeff. I, I'm feeling... Uh, pressure. Yeah, a lot of pressure on it's this. It's called gong. And by the way, we have a new name for you, too. Do you remember what it was? Oh, oh, oh. Gong de Leon. Uh-huh. Yes. It's like Ponce de Leon, but it's gong de Leon. Sounds like cheese or something. (laughs) Cheese. Cheese? Are you hungry? Gouda. Gouda. And gong de Leon. (laughs) Yeah. No. Uh, Do you have a gong? Oh, you still don't have it. Oh. Damn it. That would have been good. Uh, Okay. So that's the show. Little things. Merit. Chomping at the bit. See, Merit, when you turn the the producing keys over to someone else, then Then, it gets away from you. Then we get off topic. Mm -hmm. No, we did, we got right on top. We got right on top. Because we got okay. now we got the gong out there. Now we got the gong. Yeah. Okay. Um, so little things. little things. We We've all got little, little things. things that matter a lot to us. Yeah, I had a professor say recently um, that he finds the phrase "the devils in the details" very interesting because mm. he and he thinks that the Lord are the God is in the details too, and that's yeah. where we really find like not only do we find you know the destruction or you know the little bad things that creep into our lives in the details but even more than that we find the amazing things by paying attention to the yeah. details in our life and um part of you know the shows we're talking about the little things and how the little things matter and so uh i thought we'd go around and mm. say like what are the little things that really matter to you um i have one okay and 
again, this totally probably seems really silly to people, but it matters a lot to me. And that is, I really hate being interrupted. What? Matt, what? What? <laughs> not necessarily Who? when I'm speaking, that's okay. You but if I am, being um, interrupted. yeah. So if I am sitting and I'm reading a book yes, and I have my reading yes. glasses on, oh, that means that I have this bubble around me mm. <laughs> where nobody can speak yeah, unless I bring it up, you know? Yeah. And that's really important to me. And it really irritates me when people come and try to talk to me when I'm in the middle of reading or when I'm in the middle of homework or something like that. Um, that's huge. And like, that's don't it, interrupt. You know, yeah. It's just a tiny little thing that people could easily overlook, but it means a lot to me when people are kind that's of huge. aware of that boundary. The little thing I love is um, our teeth. Teeth matter. Having them? Mm-hmm. Having good teeth? Having white Actually, teeth, no. That's teeth. not it. Um, touch. Just a little touch. Not a lot of that's touch. That's what I was going to say. On the face or the forehead? we why do you care, Mike? <laughs> what the? Why do you care? We we moved our seats in the studio, so now Mike is behind me, and I don't know that I trust he that. Thinks he can I need say a anything. rear view mirror. Uh, just a little touch, Mike, on the face, on the face, <laughs> if we need it. Um, but just a little huggy hug, a little handshake, a little high five, a little pat on the back. Of course, at work, none of these are appropriate. Just don't just. Just walk away. If you get on the wrong side of the table, Matt freaks out. So <laughs> No, no. If you stand too close to me while and you're sick. And then you get him sick. And then you won't Don't hear touch about me it. when you're sick. You sound a little bit better today, Matt. Thank you. I was about to cough right there. <laughs> but thank you. And um, I am. I'm getting a little better. Last night was the first night in 14 days I didn't use my vaporizer. Actually, sorry. My child. My baby infant's vaporizer. Is that what they're called? Humidifier. Right next to my bed, just wugga, 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 wugga. It's just spraying moist air into my face. Didn't use it last night. Good. Now look at progress. Yeah, progress. You're on top of things. Yes. So touch. That's the little thing. By the way, people will die without it. Yeah. I mean, Mike, do you ever, like all these girls you're dating, do you ever just give them a little hug goodnight? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course I do. Good. One thing that I really appreciate is... Are you is, changing uh, the subject? No, I just... The little things that matter to me... Oh. I'm, I'm on the same subject. I'm just moving along. Uh, I really appreciate it when people, uh, you know, say say thank you or, or when they, I do something and, and they appreciate it. I like when they, they tell me. that you're Yeah, that you did something great. You know, thank you for doing that. Thank you. Thank you, Mike, for that for that wonderful idea. Thank you, Matt. And thank you for thanking me. <laughs> I mean that, sincerely. And thank you for going, almost going out on a date with those women that we promised you would go out on a date with. <clears throat> dead air. <laughs> Matt Townsend show. Okay. Bringing you dead air my, to change your life. My little thing that... Oh, is, is Mike done? Well, Not to interrupt. There was we, we decided, we decided you... he's finished. I can turn mic? his mic off, actually. The crickets might as well be the gong. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just hear that, and I'm like, being... I'm going to feel that yeah. better. <laughs> yeah, Good timing, though, by the way, James. Yeah, that was good. You're Thank getting you. good. Thank Your you. timing on the gong crickets is Validation incredible. Maybe I need to, to combine you. the sound effects so there's a gong with crickets. That would be interesting. Try that out. Yeah, we'll yeah. It might sound like we're in China. <laughs> But or some try just like it, crazy car crash. <laughs> um, the little <laughs> things that matter to me um, is kind of everybody's put together, but it's just love. 
and that can be expressed in any way. But I just need to know that I'm loved, and then how, how I can live. Appreciation. How, that's through touch. That's do, through. Okay. You know, so but work. I think just just but the work, fact that you feel loved at work. What would we do oh, to let you know? Leave you we a little love sticky you. When did that spin come into play? <laughs> well, see, because we want to give you, we want you, we want you to know you're loved here. Oh, yesterday okay. you probably felt like we were making fun of you. Oh, because of was the it the burn injury. mark? Or well, the I didn't want to bring it up. Block or was it <laughs> yeah. the? <laughs> yeah, the burn mark. The huh. burn, it was, it's not a burn mark. It's just. It's just a, it's just a curling iron burn. Yes, Every woman, everybody I've seen today has commented on it. Have they? I think it got worse from yesterday. After oh no, it looks good. It looks good. I put makeup on it for the show for that looks when fantastic. I anchored. So how how would we show you, for example, that we love you at work? Let's at see work. the little things at work. Do you like notes? Um, I think that when I mean obviously when somebody tells you something, it can be something so small. Just a little compliment. Mm. That's probably the biggest one. What about a gong sound effect? Does that would that help at all? You know, there's opposition gong. in all things. So because we have a gong, we need something like. Do you like gifts? Lovey, <laughs> a nice sound. <laughs> Do you like gifts? Like a trumpet, um, crickets, or like at children? Work, yeah. At work, people bring food in, but that's, gonna... that doesn't make a difference. Oh, it doesn't. Oh, I mean, yes. What okay. were you going to give me? Wait, <laughs> I have a gift for you. I take well, it back. Well, well. I have a gift for okay. you. I bought it for you. To make up for the comments, the rude, rude. If you say it's burn cream, I'm it's gonna not. be okay. No, no. <laughs> no it's food. I'm, I've got a, I've got a treat for you. <laughs> okay. That I I brought in. And Why am I, I scared? No, don't be don't be afraid. <laughs> I, I'm gonna have to have someone go get it because it's in the kitchen in the fridge. I'll do it. Okay, it's just for you. Is that a hint? No, it's you'll love it. I, again, when when you when you hear what it is, you'll think, oh, that's pure love. <laughs> That's what you think. You really well. I, so you really like you want to, to know that. you're loved and cared for, right? Merit Everywhere. doesn't want to be interrupted from her free time <laughs> space. I want touch on the face, apparently, Michael. But not at work. And not at work. And Mike, what did you want? <laughs> Just appreciation. Oh, thank yous. Yeah, thank yous. Verbals. Verbal. Or, yeah, or like a note. I remember one time I did something for someone, and I came home, and there was a note on my car. Really. And I, it meant a lot to me. That's cool. Okay, what did you want? James, a hot shower. I, hot. No, seriously, hot showers are so important to me. Yes. Well, and, you lived abroad for years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And for two years of my life, I went with ice cold showers. Imagine waking up in the morning, yeah. being cold, and then going taking a freezing shower. I used to do that, but we didn't have Ugh. a shower. We just would splash water on our frozen bodies. Well, that's kind of what you would have to resort to because mm. you, you turn on the shower and you'd stand out out of it, the yeah. water and kind of splash yourself. Yeah. Did you ever, ever have to chip ice off of your body? No, thank goodness. That would have been awful. That would be horrible. It's a hot shower. Yeah. See, so if you think about this, this these are all very doable every day. And you can appreciate your hot shower and your thank yous and your the gift I will give you and your space. Now, what would be fascinating is to find out what everyone – like. so now that I know that you like thank yous, Mike – I should be giving you more thank yous. Or not, I mean, not just thank yous, but appreciations, notes, anything to show how much I appreciate you. Yeah. So I should be giving you the gift, not uh, curling iron. Exactly. <laughs> hmm. Well, you guys could split it. Or not. Well, I'll let you see what it is. There's some crickets. <laughs> uh, I'll settle this and I'll take it. I, I'll take one for the James. Was ta- James, you almost yeah, got you it. You always I, do that. I, I I was about to give it right I to you. I think that's fair. James is the only one here on time, except for Merritt. Thank you. And me. Anyway, that's our team. And I'm grateful for all of you. And I bought a present for one of you that you can now split between four of you. 
And here's the nice sound effect that you were waiting for, Jess. Isn't that just great? She can't even hear. Wow. Okay. Well, that was just wasted. You, you know what? Great. She, then that's all right. We'll surprise you next time. It's fantastic. <laughs> we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, Jess is going to enlighten us about uh, Asperger's and autism. And she's going to tell us 10 things every child with autism wishes that you knew. We're going to take a break. We're coming back. We're talking about the little things in life and uh, finding the good, finding the way to connect and relate to one another. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. Today we're talking about a very special topic. Um, it's, it's kind of a mix. It's between a mix of autism and Asperger's, which is a form of autism, high-functioning autism, and um, maybe more importantly, a book written by a guy named David Finch who had happened to be diagnosed with Asperger's, and he found a lot of wonderful lessons as he was as he was trying to deal with this diagnosis. And uh, anyway, fascinating book, fascinating thing that we're going to be discussing today. But before we move on, Jessica Littlefield's here. And I've um, yesterday I made, I made fun of her. Um, and I am so sorry. I should not make fun of you on the air. I should save that for off the air. No, I should not make fun of you because you had a curling iron incident <laughs> where it got away from you. Yeah. And just kind of rolled down <laughs> your forehead. literally has happened all the time. <laughs> so I decided to buy you this present. And we wrapped it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's yours. It, because I care okay. about you and I want you to know that you are loved. It's in a taco time bag for those yeah. of you who it's aren't It's in a taco here. time bag. Oh, and it's soft taco. Yeah. Thank you. That's sure. so sweet of you. It's a soft taco. Because <laughs> I care. You're so sweet. Thanks, yeah. Matt. And we can't eat it in here because this is the yes, studio. Yes, Don would freak. But I, I, we wrapped it and I, I was thinking I was ordering at Taco Bell and I thought, what would Jess You're want? You're so sweet. And I thought, I thought soft taco. I do. Those are my favorite. Do you feel, or is it a burrito? It's a soft taco. Do you feel soft love, taco. though? Yeah. Okay. Gifts. Love them. Okay. There you Gifts. have it. So uh, are we even? That's a little thing. That's a little oh, thing. Well, it's uh, actually yeah. a big, it's a big soft that's, taco. Yeah. I've, I, that's why I thought it was a burrito. Yeah. It's, it's actually huge. pretty big. It's very heavy, too. Um, so you, do you feel love now? Uh-huh. Okay. Thanks. That's great. You're the best. Uh-huh. Thank you. Uh, there's two hot packets, too, right there. Oh, good. So. Um, Don't want to burn myself. No. Careful. <laughs> so <laughs> autism. Right. Okay. Autism. More and more kids are being diagnosed with autism right, right now. Right, right. And so, explain it. And and what what are the? These are ten things that children with autism would want all their parents and everyone to know. Yeah, we talked about the little things before, mm-hmm. and the little things really do matter with these kids because um, oh. one little thing can set oh, them yeah. off because they don't work at the same pace right. that we do, and they have their little favorite things. Some of them have right. a favorite television show, and they have to have that yeah. show and that show or their their iPad game. And they'll do things repeatedly uh-huh. yeah. because they, they like it. Um, and so when you don't know, when you're not around it very often, it's kind of uncomfortable. I mean, for me, I'm often, I love them, but I don't know Yeah, how do I help rules. you? What do I do? Yeah, if you don't know the rules, then you're in trouble. Yeah, okay. so these so are a are few of them. what are some of the ideas? Um, just love them. That's the first one. Um, identify what triggers their meltdowns. And so obviously, every one of them will have a trigger. And so you yeah. can pretend like you can hope they don't have the trigger. 
but really they have the triggers. So yeah. learn their triggers and understand. Uh-huh. And care. you know that's it's hand in hand with the love part. By the way, all of this applies to relationships. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. Um, help me with social interactions. A lot of the times they don't really get mm-hmm. it. Um, so maybe involve them to the degree they want to be involved. Yeah. Um, I just watched a movie about uh, Temple Grandin who had autism and she got a PhD. She was over successful. Yeah. Um, not over successful, yeah. but she Overly was very wonder. Yeah. Yeah. An overachiever for sure. Um, and sh- to help her, they they gave her pictures of different facial expressions and she would write what it was under it so that she understood, oh, that's a sad face because they don't get that. Well, and you would just think, hey, oh, everybody should know what a sad face looks like, but not somebody with autism or Asperger's in some Mm -hmm. cases. Another thing is that they they like pictures and throughout the whole movie about her, um, she mentioned someone said that it's like a new phase in life is like going through a door. And after that, every time she went through a door, she's like, oh, this is a new phase of life. Hmm. And it really helped motivate her. Oh, interesting. And so if you can put things to pictures, yeah, so that's create really a great. metaphor for them. Yeah. And cool. at the same time, um, they, they they're handle. very figurative. <laughs> yeah. And so if you say a figure of speech, they're going to take it literally. Right. And so you can't say, oh, this is a piece of cake because they're going to be looking like, for cake. What? Yeah. yeah. So, but, <laughs> what? so that's just understanding. I need to know how you need the language delivered mm-hmm. and then kind of adapt to you instead of expecting you always to adapt to me. Yeah, which when we're interacting with them, we're in our environment, we're comfortable, but mm-hmm. they're not. And yeah. so if we want to be comfortable and help them be comfortable, we need to go the extra mile That's and awesome. realize a lot of these things. Um, it's important to distinguish between I won't and I can't because a lot of the times um, they get stubborn and they're like, I can't do this, but... Really, they just won't. They, they don't at want. That point. They don't want that. But they really can. Yeah. And so, maybe not at that time, but go back to it later if you think that maybe they really can. Yeah. They just. That's that's actually so. again too cool. Sometimes in our marriages, there's a won't and a can't, mm-hmm. and we always, you know, sometimes we mess those words up. We mix them up. Yeah. Hmm. And a lot of these, you can see how they would tie into a relationship. They, they really a are lot. because a lot of it is just—it's just a different form of being and relating. They just have a different form of relating, right? Yeah. Right. And, so and I'm excited point, to see what David did in his marriage to make up that. Well, in fact, we'll do. Let's go there because David Finch. We found um, David is a, a blogger um, on Psychology Today. And uh, he wrote a book called The Journal of Best Practices, a memoir of marriage, Asperger syndrome, and one man's quest to be a better husband. So David was diagnosed with Asperger's and um, guess what? Had to figure out how to live life, but he kind of did it. He just went about learning the rules and the little things and understanding what all the little things are and Finally put it all together, wrote a book about it. It's a New York Times bestseller. He's a, he's a fantastic guest. We'll have him on in a minute, and he's going to teach us about just the lessons he learned. Um, a lot of times, you know, we peg some of these little attributes that are attached to Asperger's. Sometimes they're pegged as like a man brain. Like we don't <laughs> care about relationships. We don't care about people. Or, and uh, he's going to just teach us that— um, you know, sometimes we we gotta we gotta be more open, like you were just discussing, Jess, and make sure we're understanding people the way they need to be understood. We're gonna take a break. We're coming back with David Finch, author of the book, The Journal of Best Practices. Jessica, thank you. Anytime. Go eat your gift. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. I'm here to serve. Uh, we're gonna take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. 
Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, today we got a great topic for you. Remember, the goal of the show is to give you tools, a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. None of us were born with a manual. You know, wouldn't that be great? If the minute you're born, the doctor could just hand your parents kind of a user's guide, a manual that we could all use to get through life. The reality is we have to write our own manuals, don't we? We have to figure out what's going on with us, with our own relationships. And sometimes as we're figuring these things out, we find some pretty big surprises. Like you may get all the way, I don't know, married and in your 30s or whatever, and then all of a sudden find out you have Asperger's syndrome. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Now all of a sudden you're like, what? But it makes a lot of, it gives a lot of clarity to where you've been. And even harder is once you're married, your wife didn't know she was marrying someone with Asperger's syndrome, right? So here's what we're going to talk about today. We have an incredible author. David Finch is joining us. He's a humorist and author of the acclaimed New York Best Time, uh, Times bestseller, um, The Journal of Best Practices, a memoir of marriage, Asperger's syndrome, and one man's quest to be a better husband. Now, uh, David was married in 2003 and diagnosed five years later with Asperger's syndrome. David has committed himself to the relentless uh, pursuit of self-improvement. He, he doesn't want to be defined by that, and instead he's, going to, he's trying to figure out how to be the best person he can be. He's a former semiconductor engineer, so he's a smart cat and a full-time writer and speaker now. David has written for the New York Times, the Huffington Post, and Slate, and he writes a relationship blog for Psychology Today. You can find more about David at his website, davidfinchwriter.com. David, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. You bet. It's fascinating topic, and incredible work on your on your uh, on your book, The Journal of Best Practices. Ah, thank you so much. It was, um, you know, the, the work on the book was was fun uh, in the sense that uh, I mean, it's 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 one thing to write a book, but it's another thing to have fun doing it. Yeah. And um, the 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 self reflection. I learned a lot um, just in writing the book about stuff I thought I'd already learned. So it was a pretty interesting process. Yeah, you you probably had to start as you start to annotate and and make the list of everything you're learning. It changes the game, doesn't it? Because now it's oh yeah, that's an actual learning. That's an actual point that I need to remember. <laughs> right. And now, um, you know, now that I do the speaking and I go and I. Uh, sometimes when I'm uh, talking about all this stuff, if I'm doing it back to back over the course of a few days, I sort of go on autopilot yeah. a little bit. And but every now and then, um, right in the middle of what I'm talking about, it clicks with me, and, and I remember, oh my gosh, the, yeah, <laughs> I, hold I, it. I actually was that tuned out, you know, to my wife's needs. It's unbelievable. But see, and you so know what? Like, that that happens to everyone, though, David. Right? I mean, everybody <laughs> tunes out, and we all get on autopilot. Well, yeah, it, it really does. And, um, you know, whether you're, you know, calling it, whether you're talking it up to Asperger's or just, you know, hey, I wasn't ready for the demands of a real adult relationship. Yeah. Um, you know, it's at one point or another, it always catches up with you. And it's, and, and it's what you do with it at that point that, um, that, that really makes or breaks the relationship. Yeah. Well, and I, I do a lot of relationship coaching. So I have, a lot of couples that come in and see me, and then um, as we're as we're listening and hearing them talk and relating to one another, Asperger's comes up actually quite a bit. Um, so maybe tell us about it. Tell us the story of how you, where you met your wife, how you fell in love, and then how on earth did she? Did you guys get five years into this before we figured it out? 
it's the last part of the question that I think is always most interesting to me anyway. Yeah. Um, we, uh, so Kristen and I, the real short version, the, um, Kristen and I had been uh, best friends since high school. We went to high school together, um, had known each other ever since we were preschoolers. We, wow. we, you know, we're in the same preschool, joyful noise preschool together. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> it wasn't a love connection then. Not then. Um, it was complicated back then, but, <laughs> uh, but no, so she, uh, we, we started uh, becoming really close friends in high school and that was, it was great. And I was always her quirky friend. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, it's radio, so you can't really see, but I look quite a bit like Squidward from SpongeBob Squarepants. <laughs> like I'm, <laughs> but you, you look that you're, you're a good looking, you're, you're a better looking guy than that. Well, <laughs> fit, <laughs> healthy, I but, appreciate that. but yeah, just I'm an, an, an era Squidward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, suffice to say that yeah, we we uh, she was out of my league in in high school, and um, so uh, we were friends. It was platonic. It was very nice, and uh, and uh, we went away to college. And um, you know, she went to Eastern Illinois University. I went all the way down to the University of Miami. We became even closer friends throughout college. Um, she had been dating somebody. Um, had gotten engaged, Mike, and uh, I knew Mike very well. I looked up to him a lot. Um, and right after college, uh, she was in grad school, and I was working as a semiconductor engineer. Um, she lost Mike in a car accident, and um, it was it was a very obviously a, you, you you can't give it words that do it any justice, but it, it completely. Um, it, it completely changed Kristen. She just was not herself anymore. It was devastating. Mm. And um, so as a friend, my value um, in the friendship had always been I was the one who could make her laugh no matter what. Yeah. And um, I, I knew that that was my role, and I played that card all the time. And now suddenly I was in, in the role of being her friend, and I, I, there's a lot of um, emotional support that I had absolutely no idea how to give her. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was not familiar with, with even how to do that for somebody who's grieving in, in that way, dealing with that kind of loss. I couldn't even wrap my head around that kind of loss. Um, so in any case, well after the accident, you know, a year and a half later, uh, something like that, we were um, ended up living across the street from each other in a suburb of Chicago, and she called me one night and said, hey, can we, um, you know, can we go get coffee? Now, I hadn't really spoken with her in about a year and a half because mm. I didn't know how to be there for her. Yeah. And I couldn't just call her and rattle off some goofy movie lines and make her laugh. Right, yeah, that, yeah, you were beyond that, weren't you? She was uh, beyond yeah, that. that. She needed something deeper. Right, and um, I didn't, you know, do I show up at her house? Do I not even do anything? Anyway, um, her girlfriends have what we would consider to what we would consider to be empathy, what people can genuinely generally agree on as as this e word empathy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reality, nobody can really agree on what it means. But uh, the, yeah, exactly. uh, her girlfriends knew that you know she was grieving, and they kind of understood what what she needed from them emotionally and uh, without having to be told. So the the interesting thing was that her friends with this great amount of empathy would become overwhelmed with Kristen's emotions and their own emotions anytime they started talking about, you know, what had happened. Hmm. And um, Kristen, like, they would ask her, how are things going for you? And Kristen would respond, oh, you know, and it's okay. And they would understand that, that you know, kind of brushing off of the topic for what it was, and they would say, we better not engage in that emotional territory, and they would, they would avoid the subject. Um, so when we went out and got coffee, I sat down with this real curiosity for how my friend was doing. And I, 
call it a lack of empathy, which I personally don't chalk it up to a complete lack of empathy. Yeah. I personally call it, I had a real intellectual curiosity about what was going on. And I approached it as such, and I just started asking her lots of questions. How have you been doing? And um, she said, you know, oh, I don't know. You know, things are okay. How are things with you? And I wouldn't let her brush it off. I was like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I want to know how you're doing because you had this tremendous loss. And I really stayed on it like Barbara Walters, like almost unfair. <laughs> Babs. <laughs> like wrecking ball questions. And the most amazing thing happened. She opened up. She, wow. She, it looked like the weight of the world was lifting off of her shoulders right before my eyes. And we, we stayed all night until they closed Starbucks that night. Interesting. And had to kick us out. She'd, yeah, and she said, you know, this finally, this felt, felt good to finally be able to get all of this off my chest. You know, you asked all these really hard questions, and I appreciate it because nobody lets me talk about this stuff at any length. Yeah. Um, so we met again and then again and again for coffee. And, you know, it, over time it became coffee and then dinner. And um, just one thing led to another, and we, we developed some, some feelings for each other when we started dating. And um, now I'm, I'm kind of trying not to take the long road through this story. <laughs> You're but, fine. <laughs> you just hit the button as soon as I know you got you got five minutes so that's you got five minutes of story keep going <laughs> all right cool but by the way so, look at that um, let me just make a point while you're there so yeah. all this all this incredible empathy was stopping the, these friends from asking more because it would open up the flood and then mr <laughs> intellectualism comes in and asks a million questions and opened up the flood but it just was great because it just allowed more understanding and information. Right. And I wasn't being overwhelmed by yeah. her emotion. You weren't, yeah. She was very emotional. Which right now served perfect. I mean, so interestingly, your your issues served perfectly in this space and time. It couldn't have been, I couldn't have been a more, ironically, a more comforting person. And right. and here's the, here's the reason why, um, is because for all the talk about what Asperger's is and isn't and what autism is and is not, um, it comes down to this. I cared about my friend, and I still do care about this person and, and, and lots of people, just as much um, as any of her other friends, any of her family. I deeply cared. It's just that um, I didn't mirror exactly her emotions mm. as she felt them. And I think, I think a lot of the consensus about what empathy is, and you can get a million callers after I say this, yeah, <laughs> no. a thousand of which will say, that is an empathy, empathy is this, and the other half will say, no, it is. Right. So, um, but the general consensus being, or what I subscribe to, is that the ability to tune in and observe somebody else's emotional state is the first half of it. And importantly, the second half is once you've identified that emotional state in somebody, you, you just kind of surmise it, you know, you, mm -hmm. you figure it out. Um, it, you then, it evokes in you a similar emotional response. So if your friend is excited about his job promotion, you're excited too for him on his behalf. That's empathy. Um, and, uh, you know, for me, I get that yeah. all the time, just not in every aspect yeah. of my life. And yeah. so um, sometimes I just need to tune in on a kind of a cognitive level rather than intuition. I need to go in cognitively and, and sort it out and say like, this person looks very frustrated. I've been talking for 15 minutes about polishing my shoes. They're probably uh, <laughs> they're bored, irritated. Yeah. Hearing my story. Yeah, I, I, ought to, I ought to ask a question and then you ask a question and flip the turn. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a science for you is what it, it's what it, it is. It's a, that's exactly right. Yeah. And, and interestingly, um, though, the, I love your point that it doesn't mean you love less. 
In fact, you had some yeah. profound insight into her, into Kristen, just because of your years together and your time together. And I mean, you know stuff that others don't know, didn't know at that time. And I mean, I love that. Love, love isn't. There's just not one way to love someone. No, and, and it evolves over time. And and um, I'm, you know, since you brought that up, it's an interesting point. Love. Um, when when we started dating, love, as I understood it, was that intoxicating romance that you feel when you first meet somebody. And you're yeah. like, they complete my whole circuit. And <laughs> all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you think that you're a complete person because of this person's role in your life, right? right so yeah. We all go through that. We're, we're just, we're completely stoned on love. We're like, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, you get into it a couple of years and it's, and it's maybe not that same romance feeling. And suddenly, you start feeling like, hey, you used to make me feel like a complete person. You don't make me happy anymore. And that's when love has to switch over to a verb. That's when yeah. love has to become, I'm going to take the onus of my happiness off of you and put it back on myself, and I'm just going to love you for who you are. And that's love as a verb. And that's what has to happen in a relationship that is that is growing and evolving. The word love has to evolve because it's, it's anybody can love anybody when there's oh, sure. a chemical reaction. Going oh yeah, on. it's working. It's totally working. It's it, it, that's I call that the mate and switch. So we're all we're all high on each other, and then once we mate, the deal gets switched, and it's like whoa, you're a mess. Then, then you're then you're saying that's when we have to earn it, and really the book you wrote was a was it's almost just the memoir of your earning it. Right, right, and and it was it was a necessary process because I hadn't exactly earned it. You know, when we were and, and a little more context when we yeah. were dating, um, you know, again everything was great. We got married, and the reason why is because I was always able to Asperger's or not, I was always able to put on these really great versions of myself, and I knew you know I could figure out what I needed to be socially to be essentially choosable. Is the word <laughs> that I like to use in the game. And okay. I, Exactly. And so what I would do, I'd bring my A game and I, this is ridiculous, but I literally studied, um, romantic comedies like Nora Essan films. Really? <laughs> and I would study the leading men because there was nobody more charming, nobody more capable right. of getting the girl and being choosable than the leading men in these romantic comedies. So I would watch it and then I would go like practice. So I'd practice being Tom Hanks, wooing Meg Ryan when I was out on a date with Kristen. And what's not to love about that guy? Right. Um, you hit it on the head with mate and switch. That's like the best phrase ever. And so we get married and wouldn't, you know, all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, life kind of gets in the way of the, the romance and you get that, 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 that two year, three year period where it's like, wait a minute, things Whoa. are different now. Yeah. The deal's changed. <laughs> right. Wow. And I, I had so much expectation and, and a, opinion about what she should be doing as my wife that I forgot that, I was somebody's husband, and so oh. five years of that had pretty much eroded our relationship to a pretty scary place where we even felt like, why did we even do this? Why are we even married? We don't feel like friends anymore, and that's a, that, after that's a, only five years of marriage, that's a horrible, frightening place to be. That is a scary uh, uh, place. We have to take a break, David. We're talking with David Finch, the author of uh, the book The Journal of Best Practices, a memoir of marriage, Asperger syndrome, and one man's quest to be a better husband. Uh, fantastic insight. We're going to come back. David's going to keep teaching us what he learned, how he got, you know, he eventually was diagnosed um, with Asperger's syndrome and, and really how he just kind of took it upon himself to learn everything he could to, to find a way to, to grow the love. Love is a verb. 
and uh, to be what he needed to be for his wife and what his wife needed him to be. We're going to take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Thanks for joining us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are on the phone right now with David Finch, who's the author of the book, The Journal of Best Practices. It's a New York Times bestseller. And uh, to me, it's fascinating. And it actually created a lot of discussion in the break there. Um, David is uh, married to Kristen, a very, very, very patient woman, Um, loves him to death. And he loves her to death. And um, he used to be a semiconductor engineer. Now he's a writer, speaker. He's out on the road teaching people about uh, all the lessons he's learned and the best practices about keeping a relationship together and in trying to be a, you know the best husband he can be when he's also got Asperger's syndrome. If you want information about that, go to davidfinchwriter.com or just go anywhere uh, where they sell books. I bet you bucks you can find the Journal of Best Practices. So, David, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hey, okay. So you're, you have this moment. You kind of come to an, an impasse with your wife where it doesn't look like this is progressing. Something's got to change. You're on the verge of maybe losing it all. It's starting to disintegrate. Then what? <laughs> then, at the time, my wife, um, who is now a uh, who is now a life coach, at the time she was a uh, speech therapist, and hmm. she was working with children with autism. And she had never uh, never pieced together like all the red flags and synthesized it as, "Hey, my husband's got Asperger's," because she just wasn't regarding me through a diagnostic lens, you know? Right. Just, looking at one isolated instance of me really annoying her or me really not getting the big picture. Yeah, or not caring. You don't care. She could have just classified it all that you don't care. Right, and in a lot of ways, that's exactly what it looked like to her. Yeah. For absolutely no, no, I can't fault her at all for that. And so um, she started working with children with Asperger's in our fifth year of marriage, and then she started meeting their parents, and that's when she was like, whoa. Holy cow. (laughs) The light (laughs) clicks on. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So she's like, wow, that guy reminds me a lot of Dave. <laughs> so uh, she sat me down. She didn't tell me what it was. She just oh. said, I'm, I'm going to ask you some questions, and you answer honestly. And I thought that I was taking a Cosmo quiz. Yep. But it like, <clears> like had 150 know. questions, didn't it? <laughs> right. So like, this is a big Cosmo quiz. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought. I was like 80 questions in, and these are all like psychological type questions. This I'm like, man, great. maybe they're really raised to the bar for their readership at Cosmo, yeah. <laughs> or this is no Cosmo quiz. Um, Did she hook you so, up to uh, a blood pressure device, and were you all strapped in? <laughs> that would have been great. Needle move through nervous <laughs> bloodshot eyes. Um, <laughs> no, it was very informal. She was wearing her pajamas, and uh, next thing I know, I'm getting this con- this clinical <laughs> like <assessment>. diagnostic. <laughs> and, yeah, right. And it's just kind of a weather vane, you know, it's not like a real thing that doctors would use, but right. it, it, it gives you, an indica- it moves the needle in one direction or another. You might have Asperger's, you might not. Well, anyway, we take this thing, we get to the end of it, it calculates my score, and <laughs> she said, this was an Asperger's evaluation, are you ready to find out what it said? Oh, my heavens. And I was like, whoa, yeah. Hold let's it. See. Let's- <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> 
right. I was like, I'm, yeah, I, sure. I, I was all for it. I was like, this is actually, wow, all right, so let's okay. see what it does. How and, broken um, am I? Is that what you were feeling like? She's like, she's you know, now pegging you as broken? Well, that's an interesting question because at the time, I didn't see it like that. Oh, good. At all. And, um, it, you know, prior to. And so when we took it, we clicked calculate my score it came back it was 155 out of 200 asperger points which is like a lot i always did well on standardized tests you nailed Um, that one david yeah it was flying colors and so she was like that's you know it's right in the sweet spot according to this thing for asperger syndrome and she said what do you think about that and i was like blown away and a lot of people say that must have been a really scary moment like did you feel like you were like totally broken and a couple it was a it was mixed emotions the very first feeling I had was total relief because oh, wow. I thought, finally, this answers Something. so many questions yeah. um, that I've had my whole life. Why is it difficult for me to kind of engage with people the way that I other see, see other people doing it? Why is it hard for me sometimes to relate to people in a way that is meaningful to them? Um, and boom, right there I had answers. And um, it was cathartic. It felt amazing. Now, um, I, I didn't have any negative feelings attached to it. Um, but as soon as I saw the score and I pieced together the fact that, wait a minute, our marriage is falling apart. I've got a mild form of wow. autism, apparently, that manifests itself in ways that destroys relationships. Maybe, and my thought process was, I guess it's my Asperger's to blame. And so what I told Kristen was, I was like, listen, I'm synthesizing a picture for myself here. If I can eliminate Asperger's from my personal profile here, um, if I can be better than Asperger's, then I'll tell you what. I will be somebody to love again, and when I'm somebody to love again, then our marriage will get back on track. Isn't that great? So you uh, can help me beat Asperger's, right? And uh, she sat me down, and she was like, listen, listen, listen. You know, she said, you are not broken. You don't need to be fixed. She said, your brain, I wouldn't trade your brain for anything in the world now that I know how it works. She said, it's, it's, it's a beautiful gift the way that you were born. And she said, listen, what's, what's broken is our relationship. And that's something that we can fix together. We don't need to fix you. Wow. And um, I thought, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Okay, I love you. Um, yeah. <laughs> what's amazing, it, so the diagnosis was really, um, it, was, it, was, it shifted both of your paradigms. It shifted the way both of you saw what was going on, what was happening. But in a way, it was almost, it was just as healing for her. Now, she could have beat you up with it, but it sounds like she she just actually created more understanding and love for you. It did. It, that moment, the diagnostic moment was important because, you know, I have a lot of people who read the book and they say, hey, would you call my husband and tell him he's got Asperger's so he'll get in line too? And it's like, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. It wasn't about getting a label. Yeah. And that's really important distinction. Like the value in that process was actually going through the process and, and seeing line item by line item how I operate. And not only for myself, but Kristen seeing that and her finally, you know, empathy, that word we threw around, she finally had real understanding and could truly wow. now understand and empathize with my situation. And yes, she, you know, I looked at her and I said, what, I've got Asperger's. And she looked at me. And her eyes were like sparkling like that when we were dating. And she said, I get you now. We're going to be so okay. She's like, oh, this that's is cool. great news. Yeah, she hit See, me on the forehead and went to bed and felt better than she slept in you. <laughs> that is so great. Um, we're talking with David Finch. Awesome book. The book's called The Journal of Best Practices. It's a New York Times bestseller. He's teaching us, uh, you know, it's a memoir. 
about marriage, struggles in his marriage, Asperger's syndrome, and his desire and quest to be a better husband. The Journal of Best Practices is the name of the book. We're going to come back with David. When we come back, he's going to start teaching us everything he's been trying to figure out, all the rules, all the laws he's been learning, the best practices that uh, that he's learned that um, help to create a healthier, happier relationship. We're taking a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. We're back for our second hour, and uh, on the phone is David Finch. We've been talking to David. He's an author of the book, The Journal of Best Practices, a memoir of marriage, Asperger's syndrome, and one man's quest to be be a better husband. He, uh, you know, was in love with his high school sweetheart. Uh, They had been best friends for years, and um, he found himself deeply in love. They get married. Five years later, he gets diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome and then committed himself. And with, by the way, a really powerful, I think, conversion from his wife as well that, you know, because needs weren't being met, once they finally figured out that Asperger's syndrome, and we'll have him explain to us what that is, um, once once we had this understanding, then we could both recommit to to understanding each other more, and David recommitted himself to trying to do what he could to be the best husband he could be. So he took it upon himself to uh, to start learning and to start, uh, you know, making notes and understanding the best practices of being a wonderful husband. David, welcome back to the show, my friend. Thank you. Again, they can go to your website, davidfinchwriter.com. By the way, David, you quit the semiconductor business as an engineer, and now you're out on the road as a speaker and a you know a humorist it's a whole different game isn't it it's pretty awesome i got to admit it's um you know right <laughs> writing is what i love to do and and oh, i found a uh, a new love in speaking as well i i've always loved performing and things and um and being able to get up in front of people and just share our story yeah. um tell it and uh and and interact with people afterwards and it's it's fun. I'm having a great time. Well, and I, the message is so important. I, I see it all the time with my own clients. In fact, I have a client right now that they happen to kind of have the mate and switch deal bef- change, bef- and, and they figured out he has Asperger's right before they're getting married. So they're they're now deciding, Do we does she still want to get married knowing this? And she's still gung-ho. Let's go forward. Well, good for her because a diagnosis changes nothing about who right. that person is. And it's if exactly she fell right. If you in love with him, you know, then uh, then it's still the same guy. You just maybe have some insight into how he operates. Yeah, and I think that's great. It's like the guidebook. Now we have a guidebook. Fill us in. Just give us a quick uh, description. So, what is Asperger's syndrome, and and then t- teach us what you've been learning in your best yeah. practices. Well, Asperger's syndrome um, is uh, well. It's generally regarded as a uh, as a relatively mild form of autism, um, and it, it, it's a spectrum, just like the autism spectrum. So within there, um, you know, within Asperger land, there are folks who are functioning at levels where you know they uh, have no problem holding down a career and starting a family and blah blah blah. And there are some folks with the exact same diagnosis who are having a very difficult time, such a difficult time 
either socially or with their own, uh, you know, regimented uh, schedules, um, with um, with their, you know, uh, persistent uh, persistent preoccupations with one or two different topics to the exclusion of other things mm. that you you need to be able to focus on to be a, a, a you know well you know balanced out person yeah. balanced person thank you um, you know some people with the exact same diagnosis are having a hard time even leaving home um, or attending going away to school you um, showing up for a job interview and um, so I think it's it's kind of all over the place and and by the way um, Asperger syndrome is still a thing although it's Technically, I don't think being diagnosed anymore if people are using the the new DSM. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, uh, so it's just so now it's just kind of uh, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah, that's right. It's either <laughs> right, either you identify with it or you don't. Yeah. Um, and uh, for me, what what helped me, um, and and especially talking about you know the my my rules, my personal uh, maxims for how to be a better husband. This all came out of the diagnosis moment where. Um, you know, technically, my wife didn't diagnose me. She says she's right. not a doctor; she can't diagnose anything. But um, you know, for for all intents and purposes, I was. And by the way, had that confirmed by a by a different doctor at a different time. So, um, but, so it is a factual uh, thing now. You you are officially yeah. with the thing. According to that doctor, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I officially. I Carry the have thing. something that isn't anything anymore. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. That just shows yeah. you the complexity of this. Whatever it was, it was impacting the marriage. That's right. Whatever that <laughs> thing <laughs> was, yeah, or is. Whatever that thing was. Yeah. Right, right. I had Asperger's for like a year. Yeah. Um, but um, <laughs> some year. Yeah. But uh, it was, it was, you know, whether we chalk it up to Asperger's or just the fact that I was tuned out there, there's a line that you can draw where there are some things where it was, you know, my very much uh, um, aversion to uh, just going with the flow and, and um, you know, uh, sometimes difficulty being present in the family moment. Those are the sorts of things that I think you can chalk up under the Asperger's umbrella. Uh, there are other things where it was like, you know, not um, just plainly not helping my wife after the, after we had babies in the house and, and, and having children and not helping her at night and not, you know, washing the bottles and helping with the laundry and yeah. getting the house back together, not giving her time to just be herself with it again and reconnect with who she really is. That stuff, just the selfishness, that stuff is more being a tool. That has mm. nothing to do with You're being a tool. But that's that's right. actually fascinating because I know you draw the line and you also say, I mean, some of this is also kind of been jokingly believed to be just the male brain. I mean, some of this right. is just being a man or at least the, the negative repercussions of being a man or the negative, uh, you know, you know, cliches of being a man. You're tuned I out. You're not present. Yeah, exactly. And and the word cliche is is right on the money because we're all much better than what the media says we are right. in terms of being men. And male has man has become such a four letter word, and it's <laughs> it's a really a shame because yeah. we're better than that. And um, but I got to say, at a lot, in a lot of cases, I see people earning that, and I was certainly a person who was earning that uh, um, that four letter word status. Um, you know, being checked out, kind of emotionally dismissive of her needs, not really anticipating what she needed. But here's the thing. When she reminded me to step outside of my head, this is before the diagnosis, you know, could you please pay attention to what I need right now? Anytime she would articulate that, then I would switch modes and say, oh, yeah, why didn't you just say so? And uh. it's that having to just say so that is so common 
as as a narrative among all men that that I've spoken with yeah. anyway. A lot of us say like, I just needed to be told what to do. And, and then she doesn't uh, want to have to tell you because you mm-hmm. should know. You if, should. If know. you loved me, you would know, exactly. David. And <laughs> you should. That you should and should is. Such a loaded word. Such a loaded word. We should do a lot of things, but we don't, and it's how you deal with it. And so, um, so for instance, after this, when I decided, I I went on this this whole thing. I was like, I'm just going to be a better husband. Now, the good thing about having Asperger's is the obsessive piece. So, (laughs) um, I was able to focus on this. Like, uh, the person who wrote about my book from from People Magazine, Judith Newman. I love her review. She said, I approached it with the determination of Sherman marching on Atlanta. <laughs> I saw that. Um, and it was like, and that's really true. It was, um, I started writing down little rules, maxims every day for how I could be a better husband. And these were things like, just, you know, don't change the radio station when she's singing along. Like, start there. <laughs> um and then we got into things like use your words, learn how to listen. Like, don't offer her a million solutions when she's talking. Just listen, and when she's done talking, say, I get it. That must have been a pretty hard day for you. That works. I mean, that's exactly what she wanted to hear. Um, awesome. Then we got into, like, really advanced things, like learn how to go with flow, be present in family moments with the kids. Um, th- those were the sorts of things that, you know, how do you – I figured out my own way for proceduralizing these and, and making them a process where I could practice it as a skill every day and apply what I was learning. Um, and I, you know, I had to invest that much time and that much energy and that much emotion, uh, just rolling up my sleeves and working that hard at it. But here's the thing. If you show up and you're not a performer at your job, you get fired. And we are so willing to hang in there in a marriage or in a partnership that isn't working, um, for whatever personal reasons we have, but we don't fire our partners, you know, after like one or two bad years of performance. Right. People hang in there sometimes for decades. And, you know, I was really frankly understanding that I, I hadn't been earning my role as husband and um, and I was worried about losing it. And so I was working as as hard as you would in any career to, to try to, um, you know, really be worthy of, her love and worthy of the the honor of, of being her husband. Right. That's um, but what what I, to me it's a love story and it, it's it really is the same love story I think we all go through. You've just you've just formalized it into a book and a diagnosis. But everybody needs to figure out how to love their partner their way, and we all need to give each other significantly more of the benefit of the doubt. I mean, most of us are just. Most of us are just struggling humans trying to make this work, and we're all kind of coming at it cluelessly. And mm-hmm. you just got a diagnosis that's not even really necessarily a diagnosis, but was. But it created this change and this love and this shift for both of you. I mean, it's it's the love story personified right there. It is. It's, uh, you know what, it, it really is. I mean, uh, uh, and, and all that goes along with it, and, and the blessing of a love story that, Kind of waxes and wanes, and then it has emotional highs and lows. Is that if you're if you're tuned into what's going on, you learn so much um, through that process, and you heal, and you become a, a stronger person, a better person. And we both have, and I think that that has had a really good impact mm-hmm. on our relationship. Where our relationship reflects, you know, what we've learned. It's a much healthier relationship, it's much stronger. It's a much more honest relationship in the sense that we're just trying to love each other now for 
who we are yeah. and uh, who the other person is and really celebrating that rather than saying, I wish you would act this way. And, and uh, it's just an astounding way to live. It's really wonderful. Well, and how powerful to be so real, to, to finally be able to be you instead of right. having to pretend to be someone like uh, anybody in the, um, the Nora Ephron movies. You don't have to <laughs> right. be Tom Hanks. You can just be you. <laughs> right. It's, it's good to be able to pull that out when needed, but you, nobody can pull that off in their yeah. whole life, nor should you. I mean, right. it's really, like I said, it's good to be choosable in the moments where you have to be. But other than that, if you, can, you just have to be yourself and surround your pe- yourself with people who understand that. That's powerful. Talk about, we got about three minutes. Tell us more. What are some more maxims you've learned? What are some more of your okay. rules? I mean, like, I love the one about the radio. Like, don't turn off the radio when she's singing to it. But yeah. honestly, that is so obvious. But everybody out that heard there, uh, out there listening, I know when they heard that, they're like, oh, yeah, we did that. I do that. Everybody's that done it. Yep. Justin Timberlake comes on, boom, I shut it off. And she's like, <laughs> I was singing today. Like, can't, I, you know. Yeah, it's Justin, it's Justin Timberlake. Um, I, yeah, to use a reference from, oh, 15, 20 years ago. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the other thing is, I, I think along those lines, it may be obvious to listeners, but, and this is maybe more for the guys, because we're still all kind of transitioning from generations of people who, you know, had a division of labor where, you know, the, the mom just took care of the housework. And right. so, you know, being helpful around the house. So my best practice, one of those for that was, um, you know, it's better to <laughs> better to just take out all the laundry and fold it than only take what you need from the dryer. <laughs> um, I think that really resonated with Kristen. And it, and I've got the door locked right now. She can't come in and, and plead her case. She would wrench the phone from my hands and insist <laughs> that this was a, a, a fraudulent chapter because she just multiple times a week catches me digging through the dryer, you know? Yeah. So some of the best practices stuck. Others did not. Don't hog all the crab rangoon. That's, you know, <laughs> you remember that other people want to eat. Other people crab want crab rangoon. <laughs> Isn't that, that is what, what I love about it though, is I guess you're present. You're so present that you're actually annotating and writing the rules that I mean, it actually keeps you in the moment instead of just most of us just live right through that. And we have a thought, oh, it seems like others might want some crab rangoon. Oh, anyway, yum. and we eat it. Um, but you actually document it. That's yeah, maybe right. the step of documenting it and your obsessiveness. Uh, maybe you're I mean, maybe that's your tool. That's how you're not just a tool. Come on, David. You, that, but your tool <laughs> is you use this way that your brain works so differently to your advantage. Right. And that's, that's just it. You know, there's a, there's a uh, quote in the, the front of my book that I found and I loved it. Uh, Arthur Adamov is that, you know, the only thing to know is how to use your neuroses and, <laughs> and really we all have something, Yeah, we and, do. you know, use it because yeah. everything can be used for positive, for growth. And, um, and it took five years for five years. I wasn't interested in turning the lens on myself and what can I do to, uh, to be a better partner? Yes. But also, uh, just to have an easier time in life. You know, I live in a social world. I'm a social animal, and I wasn't born with, you know, I, I, I didn't develop all the social instincts and savvy that other people would have um, just naturally. Like, I had to learn some of these things by yeah. road. But if that's what you need to do, Whatever. do it. Because, yeah. you know. I mean, it's it's what the deal, I think the the key is become the change, right? It, how you got there may not matter. Just change. Learn. Right. And it is possible. You know, um, 
uh, rewiring the brain really does happen, and it only happens through, you know, look, if you take your hands off the steering wheel and you're driving down a road with really deep ruts, out, your car is 100% of the time going to veer off into the ruts that are deeply established in that road, and those ruts are our behaviors, mm. and, and our patterns of behavior is the same thing we do, the same reactions we have to things every time, whether it's, you know, uh, somebody cutting you off in traffic and you're having that, that flash reaction that we all have or whatever it is. Um, you got to keep your hands really on the wheel and um, and and know where you want to end up and and stay on that course. And it's just a matter of practicing it all the time. And that's that's all I was doing. Um, Kristen worked on her things. She has been rewiring her brain so that her compass points to happy all the time. And you know, she <laughs> as a life coach, she uh, I'm I'm sure you're more than familiar with this whole idea that. Uh, um, you know, she's got her 21 day rewire thing that she yeah. helps a lot of people with. It's, it's really, it works and it's just about rolling up your sleeves and doing it, man. Well done, David. And congrats on the book. And thank you, honestly, just from me personally, who sees this every day and sees it in my own life, but to finally have just some hope and, and an idea that, you know what, we, we can make it through. And then to see Kristen's amazing change. What a great couple you are. And uh, keep up the good work. Again, anybody that wants to, to, to learn more about the book, go to David's website, davidfinchwriter.com. Check it out. Great site. And get the book, for heaven's sakes. David, thank you so much, my friend. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. You bet. Great. Take care of yourself and Kristen and the kids. You got it. Well done. I'm telling you. Oh, that's hopeful. That is so cool. There's a million little things we all we all can learn and uh, choose those ruts carefully. As he was saying, you're going to be in them for a very long time. Uh, let's take a break. When we come back, uh, Merritt's going to teach us some more relationship skills as we're wrapping up through the bottom of the hour. Then Dr. Paul Jenkins is going to be joining us. He has just entered the building. Dr. PJ is in the building. He's going to walk us through some more tools and ideas for having a better life, a healthier relationship. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to us on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today, again, we're talking about the little things in life, just the little things that help us fall in love, stay in love. And we just had a wonderful talk with David Finch about the little things he's learned since he was diagnosed with Asperger's. Now Merritt is going to teach us just the little things that matter uh, in healthy create, or creating a healthier couple. By the way, uh, Mike Pond is usually the dating expert, so you're now officially the couple's expert. I'm the couple's. Yeah, that's so ironic, seeing as I'm no. single. Well, no, but, but see, but maybe, maybe you just are a gifted single just, couple. Person. You know, it's interesting. People always come to me and ask for see, relationship that's advice, a sign. and it's just it has always been that way. Since, you also you know, have an old middle spirit. school crushes. It's. I've been the person to go to. So you're so. the go-to. See, uh, that's kind of how I was when I was young. You uh, you have an old spirit, Merritt. Okay. That's why everyone goes. So teach you know? us. Teach us yeah. caring behaviors for couples. So at the start of a relationship, caring behaviors really come easily. It's something, you know, the idea of, uh, I'm trying to think, my roommate 
her boyfriend brings her things all the time. It's like Does he ever bring her um, a burrito or a um soft taco? No. Taco? No, but like Sorry. one time, I mean, and this is definitely like mushy gushy start of the relationship stuff. He brought her dove chocolates. Yes. But he didn't like the messages in the dove chocolates, so he wrote his own. Wow. For her. Like, wow. I mean, just little things and usually it's not that extreme. Sometimes it's just like, "Hey, I thought you might want you know, I brought you dinner because I know you're really busy tonight or something like that. And it's just these tiny little things that I see them participating in. That's It's huge. so easy because they're infatuated. Well, it and is, it, yeah. You know, it's brand new and it's fun. But eventually some things start to sabotage those. Um, the idea that maybe small behaviors shouldn't matter because our love is, you know, it's big. It's yeah, long term. Right. It's, you know, um, or that because these things were so easy at first, they should just continue being easy yeah. and that. You know, whatever comes easiest. Love is best. should be easy. Yeah, or that. Yeah, that you just shouldn't have to work at love. And I don't think that's something that people right. actually like. They should be. Yeah. I don't think I should have to work at love. But maybe some more subconsciously, you think, well, I love this person. This should be easy. This should, yeah. you know, come well, like, it should be natural, like childbirth. Yeah, exactly. Easy like that. Yeah. Right. Um, but there are lots of cool things that you can do to kind of reintroduce caring habits into your relationships um and so i just you know was reading about a few one that i really liked was just take a walk that is something that you know it doesn't require together any planning yeah, yeah take oh, a walk together. that's money don't yeah don't it doesn't require any planning mm-hmm. it doesn't strain your budget at all yeah. you can leave you know you can usually leave your kids with you know neighbor and, for and, that long and if they want to start talking mm-hmm. you, you can just walk faster then it's harder to talk yeah <laughs> So my wife does yeah. to me. She smokes me, and I can't talk. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's something that's super easy. That's huge. Uh, and and that's something that you probably even used to do when you were dating. You know. Yeah. Um, another one that I liked, and you can actually look this up. UCLA, the film department and the psychology department have actually put together a list of movies that could strengthen your marriage. Yeah, I saw that. It's so cool. So you know, that's just great. go on that list, and for date night, just. Stay in and watch a movie, and then maybe afterwards talk about it. Mm-hmm. That's always, you know, and that's they as a filmmaker, that's always my big through. thing. You can always make movies change your life as long as you talk about it afterwards. Yeah. So really think about what's there's you a know, lot to learn about on. your partner when you when you've just watched a movie together. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, their reactions say a lot. Um, another little thing: prepare food for them. So say. Though, you know, your wife usually prepares breakfast, just get up a little bit earlier and start breakfast before her. her. Make that, you know, make your morning just a little bit easier. Um, I always make food for people, so I don't know if that's like, yeah. See, that would be very foreign for me. (laughs) It's just something I like I can make toast. Make your toast. Yeah, but, you know, if I am having a great day, you know, Saturday morning pancakes are a thing. And, you know, you can share that. Yeah. That's cool. Um. Another one, maybe you could, you know, change the alarm, do something, change your partner's alarm 30 minutes later, let them sleep for a little bit and yes. get the rest of the day ready. And go get every, go the get the kids up. Yeah. Get the laundry out. Yeah. So just basically you can look at any habit that you have in your life, any daily thing that you go through and just think about how could I make that just a tiny bit more special? How yeah. could I make that so it would be a little bit more easy for this person? And those little things will go a long way in the end. And you can just be creative and find a new one every day. That's what's uh-huh. great about because each one of those are what they're called transition points. The alarm yeah. going off is a transition point. Uh-huh. So if you adjust at that moment a little bit, you have a great little segue to create a change Mm -hmm. when you come home when you go when you say goodbye when we talk to each other in the day there's all these times that are like pivot points that you could do something special in yeah exactly Hmm. see you know 
I, I know these things. You totally do. <laughs> you know, uh, anytime you want to make something, Merit, food. food. You know, it anytime. has been a while since I brought food into the office. I mean, I'm not so, saying you have but, to because you're busy. You're, but yeah. just if you, I just don't want you to feel bad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. I'll bring you, and I'll bring you a soft taco. Well, on another you know, day. as we've learned, that is truly showing your appreciation. That's right. Don't want you to feel bad. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Dr. Paul Jenkins will be in the studio. More ideas, more tools helping you get a leg up in life, helping you find the good life, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on BYU Radio. to the Matt Townsend Show. We are taking on best practices, learning about the little things in life. You know, there's so many relationship opportunities we all have. Plus, just there's wonderful learning. We should be learning. That's what the show's about, learning. Who better to learn from than Dr. Paul Jenkins? He, he likes to be called the man, the myth, the legend. That's what I prefer. He has a, mm-hmm. po- a podcast called Live On Purpose. Is that what we're calling it? Live On Purpose Radio. Radio. We got to add the word radio. I add it. Mm-hmm. I change it every time, and then I, I think they just throw my paper away. Yeah, it's but changed. if you Google "live on purpose," you're going to find it. That's all you need. And or go yeah. to drdrpauljenkins.com. You go there, yes. and you're going to have all the enlightenment you'll ever need. Right? I, pretty much. I mean that. Like that almost just shocked you. you <laughs> well, I was pause, speechless like, for a moment. I guess, and then you're like, "That's true." I was thinking, yeah, maybe. Totally enlightened. Maybe. Hey, um, you've been you've been sick. I have a little chest thing. It happens occasionally. I had one. In fact, you beat me to it. Did I? Mm-hmm. I've had mine fourteen days. Wow. Yeah. You so know, you why? got better duration than I do. Too. Yeah. I, well, I I have what's called stick to itiveness. Yes, you do. I stick to it, <laughs> and it sticks to my lungs. Uh, uh, it's. I'll tell you where it all happened, and I guarantee it's where you got it too, Jess Jessica Littlefield. Oh yeah. She infected everyone here. In a good way. I mean, it was just she just stands close, and she'll stand right here, right between us, and then all of a sudden we both got sick. Mm. But don't say anything because she doesn't. She feels bad about it. Yeah, I won't mention it. What's great is she doesn't listen to the show. She probably so, isn't hearing this. She's probably you know out doing. Probably I gave her a soft a soft taco today, so oh. she's probably out eating her taco. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal, Doctor P. You work with people all day long. You're I a do. clinical psychologist. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've done this for years. So we yeah. just had on David Finch, the author of the book, The Journal of Little Things and, you know, Best Practices. Oh, The Journal of the Best journal Practices. The Journal of Best Practices, yes. And you as a, as a therapist, counselor, coach, mm-hmm. you, your job is to help get some movement and traction with humans when you sit down and talk to them, right? Get movement. Right. So how do we go about doing the best practices thing? He does a really great job of coming up with his own maxims, his own rules. Mm-hmm. But every one of us, there's answers everywhere we go, right? There's ideas. Yeah. There's, there's, there's principles everywhere. How well, do we the do thing, this? The thing I love about what David has done with his book is he, he's identifying what works. Right. I mean, forget about what you think <laughs> for a minute. Right. Let's find out what works. Because certain things we think... But they don't work. Yes. And certain things we don't think would work, but if we actually did them, they actually work. 
So you're saying notice what's yeah. working because what's working is what going to be what keeps working. You know what? And it darn well might be counterintuitive. Yeah. It might not be what your gut tells you that you should do, mm-hmm. but it might work really well. So, for example, when you're, when you're learning how to drive and you're turning and the car starts to skid, mm-hmm. you know, and that centripetal force takes, yeah. it takes the car in a particular direction, your gut reaction is to turn away from right, the right. direction of the skid. You want to react to it. But what's the best thing to do? Go with it. Turn to it. Into turn it. into it. Yeah. Same thing if you're in a boat yeah. and you're overtaken by a storm, you might have a gut response to turn tail and run. Yeah, or a bear. Or a bear. I'd run from a bear. It might get you killed. The best thing you can do if you're in that storm is to turn the bow into the storm. See, that's wrong. Face that right wrong. into it. So the thought it isn't always right. Yeah. But it works. Yeah. Which is why maybe an obvious solution is... Take what you normally do and do the mm-hmm. exact opposite. Possibly. If you do exactly the opposite, you probably have a good shot of <laughs> there's something changing. <laughs> there's a Seinfeld episode about that. Is there? Do you remember the I don't. one where, where George uh, oh, he just decides, I'm just going to do everything exactly. totally opposite from <laughs> what is, I normally do. And his life gets better. And he just totally rocks it. Yeah, that's how it works. He gets this high-paying job with the New York Yankees. Yeah, oh, that's I mean, right. Think, remember that? Yeah. Occasionally that's true. Now, I'm not going to say that's... Always. Necessarily a best practice. Right. But let's be open to the fact that what works may well be counterintuitive or something that you hadn't hadn't really considered. Yeah. Could even work. And um, so focus on what works is a really important point. But also don't – you made a really interesting subtle point. Like let's not even worry about what you're thinking. Because it doesn't matter what you yeah. think about what works. It's going to work. Or it, I mean, if it's the law, if it's the rule, like uh-huh. turning into a skid, if, that, if that's what works, even if you don't like it, even right. if you hate it. You don't have to understand it or like it or— It's going to operate. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I had an opportunity recently to attend a 75th anniversary celebration. I did, too. Who who did you go see? It was a couple that lives in our neighborhood. Okay, the sweet Isn't older it the, couple. I know. Amazing. They're in their nineties then, right? We've got pictures of these people standing out front of their house when Center Street in Orem, where I live, was a dirt road. <laughs> okay, that's amazing. These guys may be older than dirt. Yeah, <laughs> but At they had. Pays, so pays they've been married for seventy five years. If you can wrap your yeah. head around that, and and I'm chatting with this this older lady. And just a treasure of wisdom mm-hmm. in that mind. What are the secrets? What are the best practices, yeah. so to speak? And she said, the first thing she came up with, Matt, she said, don't be too quick to believe everything that you think. think. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And we were all expecting to believe everything that you hear. Right, exactly. Don't be too quick to believe everything that you think. That's so good. Isn't that priceless? Because we do. We, we don't, I guess we, we don't question it because it's our thinking. Right. And we know that we're right. Yeah. I mean, our thinking, when has it ever let us down? It's not even that we think <laughs> that we're right. We know yeah, that we we're ha- right. And we, feel, we have to feel like we're right or mm-hmm. we would probably question our thinking all the time, which would kill us eventually. Drive us nuts. Yeah. You'd go crazy. Yeah. Hmm. And our own voice is our most believable voice. 
Yeah. So if I tell you, Matt, you're awesome. Yeah. I, I, There's I, another voice in your head somewhere. That's, whatever. Yeah. You don't know me, really. And which one do you believe more? Right. My voice or your voice? Mine every time. And I get this with my clients all the time. Whatever they're telling themselves is what they're going to believe. So don't be too quick to believe everything that you think. I love that. And then when your mind opens up to that, then, okay, let's observe. Let's pay attention to what's working and what's not. And then here's the simple best practice. Yeah. Do more of what works yeah. and less of what doesn't. How come this is all so obvious? Because I know, don't we, you love it? I thought humans were so complicated. Oh. But really, if we do what works... And yeah. do more of it, we'll probably get more of what works. And if it ceases to uh-huh. work as well, learn, mm-hmm. figure out why, go find what works better, and then do more of that. Rather than staying so attached to whatever our current yeah. habit is. It's learning, isn't it? We, yeah. And this is what David brought up a lot is as long as we're both in the process of learning and growing, mm-hmm. we, we'll have hope forever. Sure. But the minute you cease to learn and grow, I mean... That's kind of where all hope fades because mm-hmm. it's like we've, we've done this 20 times and it's not different. There was, I read a Psychology Today post that made a distinction between perseverance and perseveration. What? Perseveration? Have you heard that no, word before? never heard of it. I picked this one up in graduate school when we were learning about autism. Okay. Specifically, perseveration is the meaningless, repeated behaviors. Okay, okay like spinning things or... Oh, oh, that's what autistic yeah. kids have perseveration. Yes. Which is the redundant process or activity they do. So there's no meaning to it. There's no yeah. utility to it, but it's repeated over and over and over and, and they over. Have, and they feel over like they, they, they have to have that. Like yeah. the spinning. A lot of autistic kids might do spinning and they yeah, spin and they spin. sort of a self-soothing uh-huh, sort of yeah. thing. But it's not even done for that purpose. It's mm. just something that that they repeat. Perseveration. Perseveration. Now compare that to perseverance. That's huge. That's totally different. Which is more like dogged determination. Yeah. To And when you do it with best practices, yeah. when you find what works and you persevere... In doing what works instead of perseverating on what doesn't. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good formula. Well, I mean, that's actually really interesting because how many times are we as couples actually just perseverating? We're just... We're just spinning our wheels because we're not not introducing best practices. where have I seen this movie before? I mean, it's so funny. You... um, I always ask couples, so... I I show them... um, where they're hurting, where they don't have safety and trust and appreciation. They bring it up. They bring up all their issues. Mm-hmm. And then I ask them, well, why don't, and then I ask them some things. What would be some things that you know if you, if your partner would do those with you and for you would, would change you and make you feel better and, and create right. better peace. And they make their lists up and everyone has their list. But then, in, and then I ask, so why aren't we doing this? You mm-hmm. guys, you guys already know what you need to do for each other. Mm-hmm. Why aren't we doing it? What 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 do you hear? Why don't they Why don't they just do what's right, using best practices and persevering, <laughs> instead of just perseverating yeah. and doing the same spinning routine? You know what I think it comes down to, Matt. It's it's a process that I've labeled neural pathways. It's cruise control, autopilot, yeah. whatever circuit or program you set up in your mind. So this neural pathway 
just takes over. It's the default response. Hmm. You can reprogram that, but it takes a lot of repeated practice, and your mind naturally wants to go back to the old pattern, whether it worked or not. Right. I guess that was survival. That's probably our our DNA. Like, mm-hmm. don't always remember the path to the berries. Always remember yeah. the path to the berries. Well, also remember your your brain is in charge of everything. It's like this major control center. And it's not just thinking and feeling. Mm-hmm. It's also bodily functions. Right. Okay. Like how to fire a muscle. All right. right. You don't have to think about that. Your mind just kind of programs it for you. Yeah. You practice walking over and over and over again, and pretty soon you can do it without thinking about it. So true. I, I've got a keyboard in my office. And this is this is a fun game to play with my clients. And it illustrates the neural pathways. I bring out this keyboard. Okay, it's just a computer keyboard. Yeah. But I've popped off all the keys with a butter knife, and I put them on in different places. That's great. So it's totally scrambled. Yeah. And the task is to type their name. That is enormously difficult yeah, on a scrambled must, yeah, keyboard. You, you change the system. Now, they can do it, but it takes a whole different mm-hmm. process. See, normally, if you use a, a standard QWERTY yeah, keyboard, right. it's like your fingers know exactly where exactly. those letters are. You don't spell your name when you type it. Right. You just, it's just like an automatic sequence yeah. of quick finger movements, and there's your name. And you change it up, and now all of a sudden it demands presence and thinking. Exactly. And that takes more time. It's less efficient. Your mind will resist that because it's so much easier to just go with whatever's already been programmed in, the neural pathways. Right. You can create a new one, but it's going to take a lot of practice, just like with that keyboard. Yeah. And the QWERTY keyboard is scrambled, too. Right. I mean, it's not it's, alphabetical. It's, it not, it's funny because but we've, all been, we've all been taught on that keyboard. Yeah. I mean, it, so you know, there's going to be a day as, Apple's going to change the keyboard. Yeah. Well, people have tried to change it. Yeah. With dismal results. I know, because don't mess with the system. People don't want to change it. They could, mm-hmm. but it would take a lot of work. Yeah. Now, that's a clue. Right. All right. We're, we're why, work avoidant. Why do I do what I do when I know what I know? Well, it's because that's what I've programmed my mind to do. Mm-hmm. Can I change it? Absolutely. And it's going to take more work than you thought. Yeah. Probably less than you fear. That's great. But it's going to take something. Absolutely. What would it take for you to learn on, on my keyboard? Well, and that's a keyboard. I mean, your life's changing every day. So you get a new diagnosis like Asperger's. Okay, new mm-hmm. keyboard. Now we got to learn. Or you break a hip and you've got osteoporosis and all of a sudden you've got to change your diet and your approach. Yeah. and your. I mean, the reality is it seems like the keyboard changing is the metaphor of life. It's going to constantly be changing. Absolutely. The funny thing about the keyboard in real life is we don't change it very often. And that's why we get so used to just doing it the way we're used yeah. to. Even if it's not effective. Even if it's not effective. Exactly. In this fact, the QWERTY keyboard was it. designed to facilitate typewriters, not computers. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, where there's a physical mechanism yeah. that comes up and strikes the page. Yeah. And you get too many coming from the same side all at once, and it jams up. So they spread them out. Spread them out. Put so them in this order. And you'll notice when you're typing, the frequency of each hand is... a Roughly equal. Yeah. On a QWERTY keyboard. That's why it's designed that way. Did you ever sell keyboards? Because you really know a lot about this. <laughs> yeah. In a <laughs> were former you a, life. Were you a keyboard I were was you a, the keyboard You were a typewriter guy. salesman. <laughs> yeah. I know you were. <laughs> you learned in the old school, too. Though. Exactly. It's well, a good metaphor, though, it's for a great what we're metaphor. talking about. I think you've done it again. That's great learning. 
but we have to be yeah, present and willing to change. And you can if you if you'll learn it if you'll just commit yourself. You'll be ready to put in some effort, but it'll happen. Some perseverance, yeah, versus perseveration. Exactly, that's a huge learning today. Doctor yeah. Paul Jenkins, cool stuff, man. What a man! Hey, okay, thanks so much. Remember who you are. Don't get in trouble. You want to stick around and play a game with us? I always like the games. We're playing a game. This one's put together by Jessica. Oh, fun! So you know it's going to be good because she had a soft shell taco. Um, We're going to take a break. We're coming back, wrapping up the show on best practices. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. You're listening to BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody. That is the hoedown music, which means we're wrapping up the show. Uh, who better to walk us out of the show than our own Jessica Littlefield, a.k.a. Sachelle Taco Eater. <laughs> Done. Did you eat it? It was great. Wasn't it good? And then I felt so much better about you teasing me about my burn mark. Oh, wasn't it great? You couldn't even tell it fell on the ground. <laughs> oh, now the truth comes no, out. Good, I thought there was it? a catch. No, there was I was a, like, was he's going to say tr- something. It was a present for you to show you how grateful I am <laughs> For this cold. Um, so you're going to play a game, the match yes. game. Yes. How does this work? Kay. Is this like the match game we played as a kid? This is like 1970s old, old Ooh. game show. Ooh. We, we lived in the 70s. <laughs> we were around then. Yeah. Oh, it's, you might not. You, Betty White was Unlike on it. Unlike all y'all. <laughs> Betty White, back when she was a young, beautiful, She's so vibrant yeah. youngin'. Okay, so how we play is you guys are the contestants, okay. we're the panelists, okay. mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a sentence, you fill in the blank, and try and match as many panelists' answer as okay. possible. So we're going to make up Points an answer, win. and we want to get an answer that you two would write down. Yeah, and yeah. Mike. Mike's. Oh, and oh, is Mike playing? Okay, oh, Mike's right. down Mike. on this little paper here. Okay. Okay. okay, first we're going to start with Paul. Okay. Okay, choose a number, one through five. Uh, that would definitely be a four. Four, Okay. Johnny Depp once said, I'm so in love with my marvelous looks that when I retire from business, show business, I'm going to blank my face. Okay, everybody write down your answer. Going to blank my face. Um, I'm, okay. Yeah, can you read that again one more time? It's only yeah. one word. I can only do one word. Johnny Depp once said, I'm so in love with my marvelous looks that when I retire from show business, I'm going to blank my face. So, um, <laughs> this is, yeah. But okay, th- they're not do you have your that. answer, Paul? I have an answer. Okay, what's your answer? My answer is bronze. Perfect. Okay, bronze. Mm-hmm. Now, James, yes, bronze. what was your answer? I really couldn't think of anything, so I put freeze. Oh, that's what I put. Oh. Freeze. I put See, freeze and carbonite. Is the problem. Freeze and carbonite is what I said. Yeah. Carbonite? They didn't have That's exactly what I meant. No. no. <laughs> what did you put, Mike? I, I, uh, freeze and carbonite. Yeah, okay. Carbon, that's, okay. See, I, I put I, bronze. I put bronze. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Ding, oh, ding. This was easy. But the problem is, we, the hard thing is, we're a different generation. He's I said thinking bronze. freeze. I know you did. But hey. he's, Mike's thinking freeze and carbonite. <laughs> you had bronze too. I did too. But okay. I guess I wasn't playing. Matt, your turn. it's your turn. So one. we both got a match. So you get one. You get a point. And I wasn't on that one. Awesome. Or was I? No, you're not. Okay. okay. One through five, not four. Three. Three. Okay. Count Dracula said the Transylvania blood bank just foreclosed on my loan. By dark of night, they came and repossessed my blank. My so write it down. Casket. Oh. <laughs> okay, I'll do another one. Darn it. 
Wait. Now choose. Is that a DQ? I already, I already chose one. Or did that he just say two earlier? No. Okay. That's the me- that's my cough. Okay, I'm just going to choose one. Just choose one. doesn't matter. Okay, Clarence said, my socks will never fall down again now that I've blanked them on. <laughs> this is easy. Okay, everybody got the answer? Ready. Okay, Matt. Stapled. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and James? I put stapled. Oh, I, put, oh I, 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 put, I did not think I put stapled. I said nails. You put stapled? I put stapled, too. What did you put? Oh, my gosh, I went too. with duct tape. Oh, duct tape. That would have been good, too. Okay. I that, thought stapled. That would tear your hair. All right. That's why staples are better. Yeah, true. There you go, Matt. Two okay. to one. Two to one. Oh, my god. This heavens. is it. This okay. is intense. So we've done that one. All right. Wait, I'm, who's ahead? I'm, I'm up by one, I think. Yep. Oh, I don't know how Up by happened. one. It's two to one. Kay. Matt. Here we go. Third oh, round. Oh, you're doing me or we're not? Okay. No, this is Paul. Yeah, oh. Paul. Okay. okay. Bring it. Bring um, it. Billy said, when I was born, my parents kept me in a jar for five for years. I thought I was a... Mm. Billy said, when I was born, my parents kept me in a jar for years. I thought I was a... That is strange. Do you have your answer? Goldfish. Oh. What was yours, James? Pickle. Oh. <laughs> That's what I put. That's what I put, you too. Put I, put, I put, I put pickle, pickle also. Oh. Because oh, it's a jar, it's not a bowl. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. That's good. Well, that Did makes generation Matt gap. go into our final round. Okay, here we go. See, this is, may not be fair because you're all on my team. Yeah. So we, we talk a lot. I'm sensing a little yeah, bit of a... Paul has a little maybe. bit of a disability. Collaboration we'll see, we'll see. going <laughs> on here. We did not pre- plan we'll this. All right. Okay, so he, you automatically win because it's two to one. Oh, but don't so. we have one more? No, because you just won. You, he he couldn't beat you because oh, really? you are one point ahead of him. I, so, I picked up on. But let's she just said do one more automatically. Right there. Well, I have other games, so you go into the final round. Okay. So um, I'm going to give you a word. Uh-huh. There's a word, and you just put what you think okay. fits best. And it's a if it's in the top three, then you get some money. Okay. Okay. How much money? Um, it depends how close you are, but one hundred, two hundred, or five hundred. I'm going to go five hundred, but let's go. Okay. Okay. The word is spin. I just give you a word. word. Yeah. What would you put with spin blank? Wait, I, do we have to come up with a word too? Or, um, no, no. This is just I would put thing. spin class. <laughs> okay, spin class. I do it every morning. The one hundred dollar answer was out. Spin out. The two hundred dollar answer was off. Spin off. And the five hundred answer was the bottle. Spin the bottle. <sighs> the bottle. <sighs> Nothing. Er, okay. I came up with none of those. I had doctor. Yeah. Well, you are a doctor. <laughs> Spin doctor. <laughs> they just think doctor all the time. <laughs> it's always on their minds. Okay, well, I have yeah. another one for you. you last have, one. Here's our over. last chance. Okay. Um, blank nail. You go first. Blank nail. Uh, I thought coffin, but that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Still in Dracula mode. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. We, else. We've moved on. Uh, finger. Finger. Okay. Ooh, nice. The one hundred dollar answer was hang. Hang, hang nail. nail. Hang the two hundred dollar answer was hammer and nail. Oh, okay. The oh, five hundred answer yeah. was fingernail. Wow. Oh. Five hundred bucks. Yep. There you go. Okay. Woo! This is the last thing That's we're going to do. Now you're buying dinner. In we don't order. Have time. Oh, okay. Well, dang but it. What was it? Well, just, just give me this my five hundred dollars. Okay, there you go. No, we'll play no, this another day. No, give me my five hundred dollars. Okay, uh, after 
the show. No, I want it on the show. Because <laughs> I don't. The last show, time you need a whip. Never five hundred dollars. There, I that's, wrote a check. That's about five hundred soft shell tacos. <laughs> Always oh, looking out for number one. That was a fun game. You didn't even get gonged. I know. Well, I was scared to, so I worked. See. Now, That's see, you how you motivate me. Well done, Jessica. <laughs> see, we, we scare her, and then she picks up her game. Yeah. <laughs> it works every time. It's it motivation does. theory. Well, thanks for listening, folks. That is the show. Uh, again, lots of little things, lots of best practices. One of my favorite quotes, there's a quote that is um, a sign going into the Alaskan Nature Preserve. And the sign says, choose your rut carefully because you're going to be in it for thousands of miles. <laughs> and as we've talked about best practices and the little things in our lives, we've got to choose them carefully, folks. Don't just get in a rut because you're in one. Maybe a little help from Dr. Paul or from listening to the radio show or go read uh, the books that we've talked about today. Tons of tools. Get out of the ruts. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. More tools, more ideas to give you a leg up in this crazy thing called life. Thanks for joining us. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You've been listening to BYU Radio. BYU Radio.